The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner and be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd really love to hear from you. Today's show is titled Advancing Confidently. There's a quote you may know, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. This sounds like great advice, though many of us begin the recovery journey feeling quite the opposite, stuck and limited. And sometimes, even after years of clean and sober time, we can find ourselves feeling aimless. Today, we want to share our experience, strength and hope on practical ways you can find your true purpose in life and advance confidently toward making it a reality. We want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We certainly hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today we're going to talk about moving from feeling stuck to that phrase you mentioned, advancing confidently in the direction of our dreams, and it's through the power of faith. So that quote's from Thoreau, right? Is that Henry David Thoreau about moving confidently in the direction of your dreams? So for feeling stuck, for me, uh, when I think about it, the word aimless comes to mind. If I remember back to um, the time before I got into recovery, and again, this, this can still happen now. It's not like it's completely gone, but it went from sort of being a dominant part of my experience to being a minor part of my life experience. So feeling aimless or um, other words that might kind of get at it are like untethered or disconnected, uh, unmoored, you know, sort of just like free floating. It's, It's really hard for me to verbalize what the experience of um, feeling stuck and aimless is, but it just, you know, it's like I'm, I felt like I was only sort of partly present and like, why am I even doing this? And where's this going anyway? And it's it's like, you know, it's like if it was a gray day every day. It's not unrelated to what we've talked about often before, kind of a low-grade depression and anxiety. Many of us in recovery have either low-grade or high-grade depression and anxiety it's it's extremely common and i i have had that too and still do um to a much lesser degree now Mm -hmm. so when i think about feeling stuck it's all for me it's all bound up in 
feelings of anxiety and, and depression, aimlessness, just sort of disconnection, mm -hmm. free floating, but not in a good way. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have had and have continued to have some of that. Um, what the difference was before I got sober was um, I had a lot of fear and worry and stress. Not that I don't have those now, but at least I have something to do with it. Whereas before it was just like, um, just, you know, fear about the future, worry about what am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Where is it all going? But I didn't, I still experienced that, but the difference is now I have this higher power on board, which we'll be talking more about later, but that I believe is guiding and directing my life. And I have, I have a recourse when I have those feelings, you know, I have something to do with it and I can get back on track to feeling like I, I know what is guiding my life and where it's going. Um, whereas before I didn't have that. So it was just like, I felt like I was the one navigating and, you know, this, this, ship and you know was the only one navigating it and I had to figure it out all myself you know I got sober um uh, in my uh second year of graduate school so I had just finished college and I did not know what to do with my life you know I just I couldn't figure out what it was that I was supposed to be doing and I remember just having this little sort of crisis like oh my gosh you know I'm graduating from college I'm supposed to know what's next, you know, and I just didn't know, I couldn't figure out what to do, you know, and so I went to graduate school because I didn't know what else to do. But now I have a whole, and you know, like I said, we'll be talking about this more later, but now I have a whole way to deal with that kind of feeling of, I don't know what to do. You know, I have tools and such, but then I didn't, it was just like, it was panic. It was like panic and stress. And I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I don't know what my purpose is, you know, very um, unmoored kind of feeling. Very uncomfortable, as you described. Yes. I'm remembering it in my own, or my, yeah. you know, my my experience of uh, it sounds like something very similar. And and um, this occurred to me as you were sharing that, and we do say this a lot. It's not as if the world, you know, the the objective world around me has not changed. I have changed. And so yeah. my entire life experience has changed. But it's almost like, you know, if the, if the experience was akin to, um, you know, it's, it, it rains and I get wet and I'm cold and I'm miserable and, well, it still rains, but now I have an umbrella and waterproof shoes and I have a house and the roof doesn't leak in this house. Yeah. And so I have tools now. Right. Uh, for navigating what before would have been a huge problem, but what now is not a huge problem because of the gift of recovery and the tools that I've learned along the way. Right. So, for example, uh, years ago, uh, thinking about feeling stuck, I might, um, you know, everything, say my work just felt mundane, like, oh, who cares? It's not that interesting. I don't even know if I want to do this anymore, that kind of thing, or a you know, that kind of same old, same old, same car, same house, driving on the same roads in the same town. Uh, as I say those things out loud, if, if someone were saying that to me, I would say that sounds like low grade depression. But yeah. Yeah, I think it probably very much was. Yeah. And so but of course, you know, I'm, I'm treating I'm self-medicating my low grade depression with high grade spirits 
And uh, as we know, it works till it doesn't. So the, the, the period of time that I'm thinking of as I describe this would have been the, um, you know, I don't know how many years, one, two, three years-ish leading up to sobriety because mm -hmm. things got slowly cum cumulatively worse for yeah. me over time. And as I look back, you know, I, I can't claim to have lost years where I literally didn't know where I was, but I have sort of gray years, mm -hmm. fuzzy years. Like, what was I doing that year? I don't really have a lot of high points, you know, highlights from it so yeah. much. Yeah, you know, the other thing that occurred to me as I was listening to you was, um, how do I describe this? I felt very limited in the possibilities of what my life could be like I felt very locked into a sort of like I was on this track and this was what I had to do next and there weren't a lot of possibilities and I couldn't possibly get off of that track um, so for example like I said I went straight to graduate school because I didn't know what else to do and I was studying to be an um, ESL teacher and it's not what I really really wanted to do but I didn't know what else to do and I didn't have any I didn't know where to get that guidance, you know, um, and so I just did what I the only thing I could figure out, but my heart wasn't really in it, you know, and and so I did that and I, you know, I graduated. So I felt locked into that career. Now I've got to do this career. So I started working in that career. And before I knew it, I was, you know, in a tenure track job. I was 26 years old, like tenure track, meaning like in three years, I'm going to get tenure. I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, you know, at 26. And I felt total panic, like this can't be, you know, but I felt very locked into it. So one thing I learned in recovery, and of course, with the unity principles as well, is that I can change my life. I don't have to be locked in. There are endless possibilities and I can make my life be different if I want and co-creating with God, I can really change things and I don't have to be locked into a, a course that I don't want, but I didn't know that before, you know, and so I felt very locked in and that was depressing to me as well. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I never got the message, I don't want to say no one told me, maybe they did and I just didn't get it, that we are allowed to chuck it all out the window at yes. any time that we want to. Yeah. Now, I would not recommend to uh, someone, you know, one of my kids or whatever, to do it on a moment's notice. No. But if you have an inkling and it keeps coming back and it's been months, then maybe it's time to make a plan to chuck it all out the window. Yeah. And that's a perfectly acceptable thing to do because not unlike you're saying, we'd be like, well, well, what about this? I've invested all this and that, and I'll be giving all this. Who yeah. cares? It's not working. It's not, it's not worth anything. Yeah. I don't care how much time, energy, effort, whatever I have invested in it. I, and I never got that. I, yeah, I, I didn't never get that got either. That. And maybe I'm sort of the second generation from, you know, my grandparents' advice to my parents was get a good job with a good company, keep your head down, and you'll have a yep. good pension at retirement. You know, yep. this is advice given in the 50s yes. and the 60s. 
uh, and the world has changed. Yes. I can't even begin to pretend that I would know how to advise young people today. Yeah, I would yeah. advise along spiritual principles, follow your heart, do what feels right, and you're yeah, going to yeah. be fine. Just whatever you do, do a good job at it. And if you need to do something different, do something different. Yeah, I totally agree that it's probably something we learned from our families and from the culture. And I think it's generational, too. I think those were the values of the prior generations. You know, my parents had professions. They stayed in their professions for like 40 years. They never veered from that path, you know. They were sort of lived a little bit more safe of a life maybe you know and um and yeah so I so that's those were the values that were inculcated in me and I never got the message like you said that it was okay to that all that is nothing if you're not happy and you're not fulfilled and you're not thriving and you're not following your dreams um, you know, and, and each generation hopefully frees itself more, you know, they, they were coming from a generation when that really was the case for them, that they needed to live more safe, you know, and their yeah. parents yeah. lived through the depression and, you know, things were different then, but, um, we get freer as we, as we evolve and as we move forward. So, um, you know, that is something that I definitely learned in recovery was if you don't like your life, you can change it. You have the right to live the life you want and to be happy and to to do what makes your heart sing. You know, I don't know why I didn't get that message. It's like I say, I don't want to pin it on my parents that they didn't teach me that. But somehow and I don't think our culture teaches that either. I right. think maybe it's changing now. You know, you are hearing more of that, that it's important to be happy and be fulfilled, not just have a job that you go to every day and just do because that's what you do, because that's what your parents did. And that's what you know what I mean? That yeah. locked in feeling. Oh, it feels so claustrophobic to me now because I don't feel that way anymore at all. In, in a way, you know, the my my drinking career was uh, sort of my attempt to. Uh, navigate all this and uh, I can step back and uh, have noticed that the universe decided for me what I could not decide for myself which yeah. is this has to go yeah we got to chuck you know it's a complete reordering of, of yes. life and values and actions and ways of showing up and and all of that well, we've talked a lot about this uh, feeling stuck, but let's move out of the problem. We always want to acknowledge the problem, tell the truth, but then move out of the problem and into the solution. So what is the solution? Well, in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. And the spiritual principle that we have found helpful in moving out of that stuck feeling and into a life where we are advancing confidently in the direction of our dreams is the power of faith. But ask, what does that look like in my life? It's, uh, faith is a nice word and it's a nice idea, but how can I quote, practice this principle of faith in all my affairs, as we say? What does that look like? How do we how do we put it into action and and practice? Get it out of the idea mode, Michelle. What comes to mind for you when you think about both the concept, the principle of faith, but also how you know what is that? How does that show up in your life? Oh, gosh, this is a really big topic. Well, one thing I was going to say is that um, faith is like a muscle that gets strengthened, right? So typically when we get sober or we, we get into recovery, we don't have that faith, right? And so 
it's not like you're going to go from having no faith to overnight you're going to just have total faith that everything's going to be fine. I mean, that's unrealistic. So for me, it took time. The faith that I have today is, you know, 26 plus years in the making, you know. Um, it takes time for us to see that we can have faith, that things do turn out all right, and we have to learn that. You know what I'm saying? So it's a process of um, of trusting and seeing that we can trust. So, um, so trusting the process, I think, is a really big piece of it. And, you know, the biggest piece really is coming to believe in a in a power greater than ourselves. That's the game changer, really, because um, when I felt like I had to go it alone in my life, you know, what that's where all the fear and anxiety and worry came from. There was nothing holding me. It was just me against the world. Uh, once I had that higher power on board, everything was different. I had something to have faith in. Now, does that mean that everything is going to go the way I want it to in my life or I'm going to get everything I want all the time? Absolutely not. Does it mean that I have this power on board with me that is going to help me navigate whatever unfolds in my life? Absolutely. And that's the difference. So, like, I can look back now and, you know, there's been a lot of twists and turns on my journey, a lot of them. And I don't ever want to relive any of those, you know. But I was always okay and as I look back now with that wonderful hindsight, I can see how each and every one of those twists and turns were absolutely for my highest good. And some of them were quite abrupt. Like you said, just plucked me out of the path I was on and said, uh-uh, you're going this way. And thank God for that. You know, I'd rather have that happen than spend the next 20 years going off on the wrong path. You know, things have moved very quickly in my life. Um, I had a very abrupt change, you know, at a very young age, and I'm grateful because uh, I was able to learn a new way to live from a very young age and not have so much, you know, baggage to undo. Um, but at any rate, I can look back now and see that everything that happened was ultimately for my highest good. So it takes time for us to learn that, right? Like I can tell somebody who's new to all of these concepts, it's all happening for your highest good. And they're going to be like, yeah, sure. That's <laughs> nice. You know, but so, so as you go along living with that belief on board that everything is happening for my highest good, and you begin to get some experiences under your belt where they might've been difficult and painful, but you look back later and you see how that, Thing that happened really served you, then you can start to trust that. So that when you are in the midst of something, you're like, this really sucks right now, but I know and trust that it's all happening for my highest good. So I know eventually there's going to be a blessing in this and I'm going to see why this happened. That's a, that's a powerful expression of, uh, I'm just hearing a real shift in consciousness there because what happens when I do exactly what you're saying is that doors open up where before there was no door. Absolutely. Right? Why? Because I changed my perspective, my consciousness around it, which means I see things I didn't, I would not have seen before. Yes. We can argue all day. Were they there and they weren't there. Now they are there. I don't care. I didn't know they were there. Now I do know that they're there. That's what matters. 
Yeah. You know, and and uh, when I ask myself how have I experienced the power of faith working in my life, I realize that I learned somewhere I can change my life when I believe that I can. Yeah. That's sort of my, you know, baseline statement or my fundamental truth about the power of faith for me is that I can change my life when I believe that I can. And it reminds me of that quote that I think is attributed to Henry Ford that says, whether you think you can or think you can't, you are right. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich, that whole area of prosperity, spiritual prosperity teachings Mm -hmm. is all rooted in the same concept that when I I can change my life when I believe, or I might say when I know that I can. Yeah. And that is the power of faith working in my life. Now, even if I'm not sure about that, I can still begin to approach things that way, almost like, well, let me just try this and see what happens. I can start experiments. Lost you there for a second. I didn't hear the last thing you said, Dan. I think my computer glitched. Okay. I don't remember the last thing I said. Okay, that's okay. That's just how, that's just how spirit-led I am, okay? <laughs> Do I need to apologize for that? No, no I'm kidding. I, I can't always remember everything I'm supposed to remember. Yeah. I attribute it to the, the work of the spirit in my life. <laughs> Oh, so like I say, the faith that I have today is built on experience. You know, I had faith because people told me to have faith. And then I continued to have faith because I saw that I could have faith, that it worked, that it really was real. So um, like I say, this is a faith is a muscle that we build and that we strengthen as we go. Um, I can't say enough about the importance of the shift in my life when I had um, a higher power come on board because it just changed the whole way that I looked at everything. You know, I looked at life before as like, like I said, it was kind of me against the world, you know, like I was, it was a very existential, you know, sort of way of seeing things that I had of just like, I have to create my own destiny and I have to make all these things happen and there's nobody to help me but me and I've got to figure this all out myself and very scary, terrifying way of seeing the universe. Now I have a completely different way, which I've learned largely through unity, but also in recovery that, you know, this isn't all just random. These things are happening for a purpose and I'm here for my soul's journey. And therefore everything that happens along the way is ultimately part of that journey and that growth. So when things are happening that I don't understand or that I don't particularly care for, I have a trust that, um, I, there's a lesson that I'm being shown. There's there. This is this thing is happening because my soul has called forth this experience for its own growth, and so I don't have to like it, especially when I'm in it, and I quite often don't. <laughs> in fact, a lot of times when I'm in my most important lessons, I'm not a fan. You know, I'm like this isn't fun. I would rather not be having this lesson right now. <laughs> But I have a very different way of seeing the arc of my life now. And I know that these things are all ultimately for my growth and for my highest good. And I can see looking back how one thing led to another to get me to where I needed to be. So it's just a very different way of seeing the um, trajectory of my life and trusting that I'm not 
just here by myself having to power through life of my own accord, but that there are spiritual forces and energies that are at work, that are guiding me, that are, you know, putting in front of me the things that I need and the experiences that I need. And that just makes life a lot easier. To me, that's what faith is. The faith is that ultimately this is all going somewhere and it's going somewhere good. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm remembering a, a quote I often heard from a teacher uh, that went, uh, if I call it good, then it must be good. Yeah. And that is a, it's not a statement about the it, whatever it is. It's a statement about my consciousness. Right. Because when I decide that everything works towards my highest good, I find that everything works toward my highest good. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm changing the everything. I'm definitely changing the receiver. Yeah. You know, my perception, uh, and again, doors open where there were no doors before because I am seeing differently because I've changed my consciousness exactly like you're talking about. I have decided that my best days are ahead of me. I've yes. decided that I co-create my life with God. It doesn't just happen to me. Right. I decide that, hey, I choose my thoughts, so why not choose good ones, right? If I'm the one choosing it. I want to share this from Charles Fillmore's definition of faith from the revealing word, and it's this. Spiritual assurance, he says, the power to do the seemingly impossible. That's what I really like, seemingly impossible. It's a magnetic power that draws unto us our heart's desire from the invisible spiritual substance. That's the phrase Mr. Fillmore used just to describe kind of the unlimited realm of possibilities yeah. in the world. Faith is a deep inner knowing that that which is sought is already ours for the taking. Mm. So it's all that you said, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a real shift in consciousness is what I had to come back to. Because I'm not, I don't subscribe to the idea of, of predestination, like my entire life is a book that's already been written and I'm just turning the pages and finding out what's no. there. Well, I have agency. I am co-creating my life with God. And the way I do that is I change my consciousness and all of a sudden, seemingly, the world around me changed. Yeah. Well, what really changed was my lens. And yeah. I changed my lens. So, you know, is it a chicken or an egg thing? Anyway, right. that's how you look at it uh, in unity. But we do need to hold that thought. Because if, uh, if I'm reading my clock right, it's time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We hope that you'll please stay with us. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. We will resume our discussion in a moment. But first, we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. 
Well, prior to the break, we were discussing that feeling of being stuck. And then we moved into talking about the power of faith. So now we're going to talk about how we use the power of faith to move from that feeling stuck into advancing confidently in the direction of our dreams. So when I think about how has faith helped me move uh, into that moving in the direction of my dreams, I'm going to use another of the 12 powers, which is imagination, right? Mm -hmm. And I know, and I do, I can use uh, the divine power of imagination to envision a new reality for me, right? We talk about skillful use of mind and unskillful mm -hmm. use of mind. Mm -hmm. Well, all these 12 powers, including faith and including imagination, I can use them in skillful ways or I could use them in unskillful ways. You know, I, as we like to joke sometimes, I can use my divine power of imagination to make anything all about me, right? I can turn into the most self-centered creature walking the earth and decide that everything's all about me, the Holy Trinity, me, myself, and I. I can use my <laughs> imagination to do that. Now, I call that an unskillful use of yeah. imagination. A skillful use of imagination, I think, is um, as a creative tool, you know, in envisioning what could be, but maybe I'm not seeing yet in my mm -hmm. life almost like making up with no limits what would i want my life to be like forget about how i'm going to get there or what is or isn't possible or whatever it doesn't matter use uh, imagination uh, using imagination i can imagine the life that i want to be living and so that is we talk about move confidently in the direction of your dreams so i'm defining the dreams right and and maybe you're, if you're listening, you already know what they are. You, you may well know what they are exactly. I encourage you to write them down and keep that to yourself privately. Um, it's not something you need to share. That can be between you and your higher power only. Um, and just by doing that, uh, I, when I have done it, I've clarified for myself uh, a direction. What I find happens is by some mechanism that I don't understand or realize is happening, those things, I tend to move closer to them. And I've had the experience many times where I look around and realize, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I had dreamed up and, mm -hmm. you know, drew on a piece of paper five years ago or two yeah. years ago or, or whatever. That's happened more than once to me. So how power of faith helped me move from stuck to uh, moving uh, boldly in the direction of my dreams. One is to have some dreams and then to just, you know, this faith and sort of the knowing aspect of it, just knowing that, okay, this is all underway by some mechanism that I don't need to understand that I can't see. That's fine. I'm just going to keep my eyes open for possibilities. Yes. Given that I, I know that this is unfolding or I, I have faith, I affirm, I'll say, I affirm that this is unfolding for me. And so my part is to... Um, use my senses and assume that it's unfolding and then begin to look for, you know, doorways, opportunities, relationships, chance meetings, whatever, anything, anything that feels like it might be right, mm -hmm. you know, just go, go with that. So I don't know if that helps. It's all very weird and abstract. And I understand that as I say it, but I also know that it works and I have built a life on it. 
it's just a very different way of approaching life. You know, the old way was like, okay, I've got to make these things happen. I've got to figure it all out. I've got to power myself through it. I can't mess up. You know, I'm locked into step. I can't change my mind, you know, and, and that was one way of living. And the way that I live now is a very open, you know, life is full of possibilities. I can't make the wrong choice because life is like this giant GPS where if I go off on the wrong route, it will just kind of take a couple of seconds to reroute me and it will, you know, it'll send me on my way by a different route. Like you can't mess up. You know what I mean? You can't mess up. Yeah. And um, so now I just trust that process. So you can't mess up, but you can get there more easily or more quickly or more uh, less painfully, you know. So um, the way I live now is that uh, this is a wonderful journey and I can trust the process. I can follow my heart. I can trust my own inner guidance and my own intuition. Um, I didn't know that before. You know, I've made various choices over my life of career changes and choices that I've made in the ways that I parented my son and such that were not the conventional or um, popular choices, but they were the right choices for me. And that really taught me that I can trust my inner guidance, that I have a very strong um, inner sense of what's right for me, what's right for my family. And it may not be what anyone else thinks is the right thing, but if I'm really getting that guidance, then I need to follow that. That's ultimately what's going to make me happy and be for my highest good. And as I made those decisions that were unconventional or unpopular, and I saw the way they ended up being the right thing for me, that strengthened that faith muscle. Yes, I can trust myself, you know, um, so that's so it's it's trusting the inner guidance, but it's inner guidance that is also grounded in a spiritual practice. It's not like I'm just out there going, I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. No, this is inner guidance that has been cultivated through years and years of spiritual practice. So it's something that has a foundation to it and that I can trust. So lots of prayer, lots of meditation, lots of trusting God, lots of, like you said, paying attention to what's showing up and the opportunities that are presenting themselves, paying attention to what I hear people saying to me. Do I hear the same? Do I hear people saying to me over and over and over again that you're really good at this, you should really try this, blah, 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 that kind of thing, you know? It may take me 10 years of hearing that before I get the guts to do it, um, but I pay attention. I pay attention to the signposts that are all, I believe, all around us all the time and um, followed that guidance. And that never has led me astray. It's definitely led me on quite an interesting ride, I will say, like I say, with lots of twists and turns, but I believe that it has never led me astray. Yeah, and I'm remembering that um, one of the most powerful gifts of sobriety and recovery for me is that this is a perfect time to begin to do all these things because you know my way wasn't working I, I can only share my own experience so I'll share in the context of um, alcohol and drinking right I don't know anyone that quit drinking because they thought it was probably a good idea right 
I didn't quit drinking, and I don't know anyone that didn't quit drinking till they had to. I <laughs> quit, or my life was going to be short and ugly. You know, it just it, it, it was. You know, it, if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. My point is, what a great time to completely reapproach the way uh, that we build a life. Why not? It's like it's like the universe chucked my life out the window. Yes, for me, and, and that's the. Gift. I didn't like it. I wouldn't have chosen it. I didn't right. want it. I lamented it. There's a grief process yeah. involved. I don't care how healthy it is. It's still grief to lose an old friend, an old way of being. But man, what an opportunity to do exactly the kinds of things that you're describing, like completely reapproach how things work. And we are talking about this in the context of the power of faith you know imagination as envisioning the reality faith that it's that it's unfolding so if a lot of this sounds sort of weird to you i totally get that because to me it is kind of weird at least given the way i used to um understand the world Um, but i'm with you i i have learned to follow and trust my instincts what we might call our inner guidance and rather than discounting what my heart was saying compared to what i think the how the world is supposed to work right it's the other way around now i don't care how the world is supposed to work i care how am i being guided internally and recovery is a perfect opportunity to make this change and so if, if you're listening to this i really encourage you to um, take the opportunity and really start looking at things in a way that might have been kind of wild or un, you know wacky or or whatever, which is weird is the word that comes to mind. Just weird. And and for a practical step, one thing that's helped me um, move into confidence is talking to other people. So I talked a little while ago about using imagination kind of to weave a concept of a new life. Well, talking to other people is another way to just you know hey you know what have you found works or do you i I wanted to get into radio you know do you know anyone that does that i don't know anyone that does that just sort of asking around and you know that's like poking around and doors will begin to open so talking to others who will support you you know don't Mm -hmm. fall into that trap of going to your family of origin tell them how different you're going to be because probably going to get back is all the same crap that got you there in the first place right. so don't do that you know? right. look at your new recovery friends and talk about what you love yeah yeah you know you uh, so i was thinking um that there was a big shift in the way that i saw my life too from like a very self-centered um you know isolated i have to do you know what I'm supposed to, I don't know what I thought I was doing, what I, what I thought I was supposed to do or whatever, you know, what was like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Not the, it's just, I, 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 my life changed to be like, I'm, I'm here for a purpose. There is something that I am here for. You know, the universe, God, life has given me skills and abilities and talents and traits that are usable by the universe for something. Now let me try and be of service to that 
rather than like, okay, I want to do this for my ego because this is going to make me look good or I'm going to have this profession and I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? And so, and that wasn't an immediate shift. It took a lot of time for that shift to happen. Um, but so you're talking about like imagining, you know, how we can imagine what our life could be like. So I had this experience, you know, about 10 years ago where I um, lost the job that I was doing. I'd been working from home and um, I suddenly was thrust into this. Oh, my God. You know, I have this child I have to support. I, you know, he's got special needs. I can't just like throw him into school and all these different things. What am I going to do? And I began this process of discernment and uh, brainstorming and imagining, and I would uh, I would make these map my sort of mind maps where I would write down all of these life experiences that I had and all of these different skills that I had, and try and put them on this big piece of paper and be like, okay, I know there's something that God wants me to do. There is something the universe is trying to use me for. There's no way that I went through all these things and had all these weird skills just for no reason. It's got to all add up to something, but I don't know what it is. And I just kept holding that. Like, I know that there are skills and talents and experiences that I have that can be of use to my fellow man, to my, you know, to the universe, to God, to, you know, be in service and, and I didn't know what that was. And it, it took a long time, but ultimately it turned out that it was my call was to, you know, to go into ministry. And the thing about that is that I never would have imagined that in my wildest dreams. Okay. That was not the Michelle plan. That was not my ego's plan. That was not my family's plan. That was not anybody's plan, but the universe's plan. And I didn't know it. But when I look back at that mind map, which I can see in my mind's eye, it uses every single one of my experiences and skills and talents and traits that I have. And so I just share that process because that was a process of total letting go of like, okay, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel like there's something I'm supposed to do. I just don't know what it is. And I had to be in that process for a very long time of just just, you know, praying and meditating and asking for guidance and then doing the things that you said, listening to what people were saying to me, listening to the things that were being asked of me. Suddenly my minister asked me, could you fill in this Sunday? The person I normally does it can't do it. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, and then listening to what people said to me after I did it. Oh, you seemed so natural. Oh, that seemed, you know, and then just, and then just like, watching things unfold, basically just showing up, suiting up, showing up, doing the next right thing, the next indicated thing, and watching what unfolded it. I did not get myself here of my own steam. Do you know what I mean? Like the things just unfolded one after the other where there could have been no denying what my path was. And, but this is later in life. This, you know, this is 20 plus years into sobriety. This is not something that all, you know, manifested right away. So all I'm trying to say in, is that we just don't know what life has in store for us. We don't always know what's in our highest good because we're in our own ego self. We, we have bills to pay and we have our own egos to stroke and we don't, you know, our human self can't always see the bigger picture and what the best thing is, but we keep turning it over. We keep suiting up and showing up 
listening and paying attention to the signposts along the way, wanting to be in service, wanting to use those God-given talents and skills, and, and believing that our purpose in life will unfold. And allowing that as a process, allowing that as a process to unfold rather than forcing it. Like, I've got to go figure out what it is. See, that was the difference for me. Yeah. I can't figure things out by myself. I've got to sit back and let things unfold. Allow is the great word Allow. I have found that helps me. Allow things to unfold. You know, it's almost like um, uh, what I'm hearing is that all of these things became true in your life beginning when you decided that they were true in mm -hmm. your life. And, and I'm thinking about, I'm trying to make an analogy, like if I had, if someone sort of dumped a giant pile of Legos on the ground in front of me, I could uh, look in there and say, oh, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm going to make an airplane. It's pretty clear to me that that's what this is all about. And I pick out all the right pieces that I need, right, meaning I decide that I need them. And I make this cool airplane and someone else could have a totally different experience with the same pile of Legos. Yeah. Now, Mr. Fillmore, Unity co-founder, I'm going to say what he called this cosmic pile of Legos is spiritual substance yeah. out of which anything can be made. Right. But I'm not going to make anything and I'm not going to make everything. I'm going to make this thing yeah. because this is what called to me. And lo and behold, as soon as I decided I have all the parts to make an airplane, I did. Yeah. And you might have sat at the same pile and said, oh, look, I have all the parts to make this cool house. And you do. Yeah. And you did. It's amazing that way. Yeah. It's this yeah. interaction between, you know, what's hard about it is using the word I like when I say I did this, which part did I do? There's the smaller self, you know, we call it the ego self, right. the one that's all concerned about um, worldly sort of things. And then there's yes. this divine presence, this divine identity that is not worried about anything, but has this incredible wisdom and vision that my little eye can draw on if it will shut up long enough to do it and exactly. let it happen. Yeah. And then there's sort of just like the, the pool in which we're all swimming, this collective consciousness, this God, this field of God energy or whatever. Among those three things, anything can happen yeah. if I can kind of f find right balance, if you will. That's that's what's coming. I hope that makes sense. That's what That's what's coming to mind for me. So I'm going to move out of the abstract and into a practical suggestion this is something i did that helped me uh one thing i did was started to offend attend some kind of faith group you know yes. for me it was a unity church it doesn't have you don't have to go to church to to do all that we're saying that's just right. that worked for me i i have people that there's a sunday 11 a.m sunday um recovery meeting and mm -hmm. many many times i heard people say this is my church yeah i totally got it i would like if i wasn't actually in church this would be my church too this is yeah. perfectly wonderful place to call church if you want to call it that yeah. there might be people that went there it was just sunday they don't call it church and that's fine too but my point is get involved in some kind of like-minded group yeah. some kind of faith-oriented group it doesn't have to be a religion it could be a you know a mindfulness a totally completely secular mindfulness meditation thing there's nothing to do with anything you know bible jesus god church and all that it but that's still a spiritual community mm -hmm. so fine you know start start showing up there and 
all kinds of possibilities were opened up for me. That, that's what I can say. Yeah, it's basically participating in our own spiritual growth, you know, whatever that looks like. And it may look like a lot of different things. I mean, I know there's been times in my life when I threw it all in there, you know, meetings and church and just about anything I could get my hands on, you know, um, I needed it all. And, uh, you know, it's all about our spiritual growth. That's the whole purpose of all of it. And, you know, as we're discerning what guidance to take and such, um, you know, I don't know how to say this succinctly, but, you know, ultimately what we are called to do in life should be for the benefit of someone other than just ourselves, right? Now, we don't all have to become ministers, for God's sake. We don't all have to be doctors or firemen or whatever. Everyone, we all have our own purpose, but ultimately our purpose is to be of service to others in some way. And so that can sort of be a guiding principle, you know, um, and it should also be something that brings us great joy. It's not an either or. It's not like, oh, God, a life of service. I mean, I love ministry. Ministry is a blast and it's a and it's a career of service, you know. So when you find that thing that makes your own heart sing and is in service to the world, boom, you've got it. Right. It take time to find that, but it's there. And we're not going around. It saying, now what kind of drudgery can I come up with that will be helpful to other people? Now, what kind of joyous, what kind of joyous growth oriented things can I do? And that will be a benefit to other people. I I, I love that you said that. It's really important. We could have a whole show just about the importance of um, balancing what I do for my own health, sanity and growth and what I do to be of service to others. It's critically important. I'm reminded of a phrase that I heard, again, in this was the context of prosperity teaching, take the first step. Yes. So I learned it actually in the context of firewalking, which is something I've done a lot of and became a certified firewalking instructor. And firewalking, uh, if you're not sure what I mean, is the practice of walking barefoot on red hot coals and not burning your feet, you know, like grandma used to do. That's what I like to say. The weirdest thing I ever heard of. But a critical piece of that process is take the first step. So if if I wanted to like redecorate my living space, the first step might be I just take out a piece of paper and start drawing a picture. Who cares if I can draw or not? Do I want to take a trip to Hawaii? Maybe I apply for a passport. Yeah. Right. Do I want to meet Mr. Right or meet Ms. Right, find my life partner or whatever? What I can do is start to make a list of qualities that I value that are important to me. So the biggest dream in the world can have an immediate something I can do right now this minute yes. to get started. That is called taking the first step, you know, the, or we call it in, in the program uh, the next right thing. So the next right thing isn't write a novel it's pick up the phone and call somebody the next i think we're over time thing. look look what i've done did you notice that's the time? okay that's okay I, I yammered right on through our section about uh wrapping it up in a nutshell and uh well why don't you do your part if someone said oh, well, i think I you, you did state. i mean i've you already did sort done of wrap it up well because the following you know following the guidance and doing the next right thing the next indicated thing um that's about 
you know, as good of guidance as we can give. And and I can't stress enough this letting life unfold rather than forcing things to happen. Amen to that. Triple yeah. amen. It, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Trusting, you seeking guidance, trusting that guidance, acting on that guidance and letting and trust, just trusting that it's all going to unfold just as it should and having fun in the process, having fun. Yeah. Well, we have an affirmation for you as always. And our affirmation today is I turn within and I am divinely guided to my highest purpose. Once again, I turn within and I am divinely guided to my highest purpose purpose what a beautiful way of saying that yes well it's happened again you've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to spirit of recovery or we hope you think of it that way and we're grateful that you have and we hope that you have found something in all of our slabbering today that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery that's why we slabbering not slobbering all right we were not <laughs> slobbering well I was maybe on radio we were slabbering. Uh, we, we do this both to tell the truth and remind ourselves and to tell the truth and open doors possibly for you. You might hear something that's helpful. That is what this is all about. Thank you, Michelle, as always for our discussion. And thanks to all who are listening uh, to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are in your own recovery journey. Yes, and listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us on our Facebook page throughout the week. It's Spirit of Recovery. Drop us your comments and feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.